supposed to rap to this? Do you want some sort of do 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 well, welcome to Set Stories Podcast. If you guys don't know by now, my name is Pudi. I've got Charles serenading me. Do, 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 do. Ooh, ooh. What's up? What's up, Charles? That was nice. I liked it. It helped me a lot. Helped my music. Wish we had background music for us. But anyway, what's up, man? Oh, no. You're just chilling like a villain on a beanbag, enjoying a day off. Yeah. Up this wonderful spring sun. I know. Yeah. Good weather. Take it while we have it, man, because you never yeah. know when it's going to go away, and especially in L.A. Um, but today's episode, you guys, it's I met her on a set recently. It wasn't too long ago this year. Um, her name is Day Daniels, and she's amazing. And I feel so honored to have her as a guest on the podcast because her work ethic, even though I only knew her for two days, eight hours each she like blew me away we have the same camera black magic shout out um hashtag black magic black magic before only one other person um and she's awesome you're awesome day thank you so much for coming on Woo! oh thank thank you for that introduction and thank you for having me i loved meeting you too and meeting other uh not just female filmmakers but meeting other collective uh artists minds it's beautiful so thank yeah, you yeah it's having... important that we connect and then we work on things together and we make the world a better place with our art that's definitely that's what it's all about that's why we're here yeah Indeed. so tell us a little bit about so what do you do in the industry so i got my start as a writer uh can you guys hear me okay yeah Perfect. You sound lovely. Thank you. Um, so I got my start as a writer. Um, I kind of went to, I studied um, literature because I always knew I wanted to be a writer. But in high school and college, um, high, high school, I thought maybe it was books that I wanted to write. And then I got to college and I went to the University of Edinburgh in the UK, in Scotland. And um, I just really fell in love with uh, the Fringe Festival, which is the world's largest arts program that is on, uh, it's 20 miles long, and it's on every street corner, uh, on every, every bit of cobblestone is filled with artists from all around the world who come and busk and do performances and do plays and rent out spaces, whether it's like an antique shop or a coffee shop. And you know, or, you know, they just take a little part of the street. You know, my first show that I was in was just um, on the street. <laughs> and we, you know, by, after a week of doing it, we got picked up and we got to go into one of the theaters and do our play there and wow. started writing plays. And then um, when I finished my undergrad and my master's at Edinburgh, I went and finished my studies at Harvard. And I did a lot of work with the Moscow Art Theater School and um, Harvard University. And I did a performance fellowship with them and went to Russia with them. And that was the first time that I ever really thought I was a filmmaker because when I was in Russia, I saw the most incredible acting I'd ever seen. I mean, it's a birth of like the method and mm -hmm. Stanislavski and Chekhov. And it just yeah. was, you know, uh, actors are so revered there. And when I went there, I was just so blown away in my course of study and I had my my little like Nokia some kind of like Costco special thing about it for a hundred bucks that was attached to my hand and they kept calling me the filmmaker and they were like day you know you're not a writer you're a filmmaker you know and they would tell me like all the time they're like it's not possible to do that like and I would <laughs> all these like they're like it's not possible and I just fell in love with it. And then my nephew, my sister's firstborn came into the world and I literally finished that program and went to London to see her and recorded his every move with the camera. So mm. for me, camera work has been this really amazing vehicle to, to make the work that I write alive. And that was kind of my trajectory. So I kind of always see myself as a writer first um because that's where most of my jobs and my opportunities have come from but my camera work has allowed me to direct more and directing is really my passion so that's 
my kind of whole spiel. So now I write and direct and um, right now I'm shooting and editing a lot of my own stuff too, just to kind of make it and to put stuff out into the world. Yeah. Damn. Some people really hear people where their journey is. I'm like, I feel so like, what have I done with my life? They're like, you went to Harvard, Russia, Scott. Oh my God. That's beautiful. That's awesome. I'm so jealous. That's really awesome. It's you. I mean, you've done amazing things with your life too. I mean, just the bit that we spoke on set, you've done amazing things. But I think the cool thing about studying abroad is I always was very interested in um, things outside of just the American experience. And for me, travel is the most exciting way and the most inspiring way to spend money and to get creative and to see how other people live. And yeah love you know anytime I feel creatively blocked I just book a trip somewhere because it always brings me back to why I love doing this which is really just I love people and I'm incredibly fascinated by people so that's that's kind of the root of everything that I do wow that is really cool and you get like um, a different perspective of the world definitely And I think it allowed me to kind of come home and really nest in what I, in the work that I want to do. So when I moved back to kind of, I'm from New York. So when I moved back to the city, um, my sister and I did a short film and about a community that we're very uh, linked to. We're both volunteer counselors for women and children who've been sexually assaulted. That's really like a very big passion of mine and um, is helping women and children kind of, and men, we're getting more and more men at at the centers, which is great that they're talking about their stories too. But our first kind of short film, which was really the birth of of me as a filmmaker came from this desire to tell stories that just no one was telling, which is what do you do after you've been, after sex, how do you live your life after sexual assault? Mm -hmm. I feel like with sexual assault, particularly, we have a lot of verbiage around the criminal justice system and, you know, shows like SVU, which are amazing and I love, but, you know, you see kind of this procedural criminal aspect of sexual assault and not the interpersonal, how do you have sex again? How do you live your life again? You know, how do you pick up the pieces and rewrite your narrative and not be, a, you know, not feel like a victim or feel the shame or feel the guilt for the rest of your life. So I'm really interested in telling female stories um, where women are reclaiming their autonomy and reclaiming their voice and finding their sovereignty. And I think it kind of started with that first film. Um, And that was the birth of kind of my sister and I as filmmakers. I wrote and directed it and she produced it and cast it and designed the set. And we kind of, you know, threw it together and at the end we had this great little three minute short and we thought wow maybe we want to do this like can we do this as a job you know and then we just were off to the races so we kind of in our production company we co-create everything together um it's really beautiful to do it with like awesome is this film available to watch online it is yeah it is somewhere i can send it to you i think it might be on youtube um yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it to you. This yeah, was many, many years it. ago, but yeah, I'll send it to you. That's really cool. Awesome. Oh my God. That's like, so everything you said just made me like all warm and fuzzy because it's so <laughs> important. It's like really important work. It's like not just a movie. It's like touching, helping other people live their mm-hmm. lives, you know, and that, that that's what's so powerful about art in general and movies, even if it is just like for entertainment, it could help someone. For real. Yeah, it's powerful. And we all have those movies that we watch or television shows that we watch when we're down, when we need yeah. to be inspired, when we need to feel something. And I think mu- movies have an amazing way of moving you and of kind of bringing you back to yourself. And I, you know, I didn't grow up like my parents were quite strict with TV. So like movies were the you know, if we did well in school, we got to kind of watch, you know, watch things on the weekends. And they were always because of that introduction, this like very sacred practice of like self-love and self-care. And I still see them as that. Um, Every time I'm on set, I see it as that. 
That's really, that's really nice. That's really cool. Oh man, that's really cool. Um, so do you have any, so what is your, what has your experience on set been like, <laughs> like your whole life? It's, you know, it's interesting. The, the more in general, I would say my experiences on set have been amazing because every time I'm on set, I'm grateful. So, and I love it just by the nature of I'm getting to do what I love, whatever that has been over the years, whether that was PA, whether that was grip, whether that was second unit, um, I've pretty much done, I'm not pretty much, I have done every role on set um, over the last five years, uh, maybe even longer than that. But um, whether it's sound, whether it's grip, whether it's best boy electric, whether it's uh, first unit, um, second unit, kind of any of the roles, I've done it. And I think I feel the most util the most useful on set is like I feel like I all of my energy that I have everything aligns when I'm on set because I have a lot of energy and I have a lot of passion and I have a lot of drive and when I'm on set I feel that it matches my internal kind of rhythm because it's quick and it's things are moving and we're kind of juggling a lot of stuff. Um, and so anytime I'm on set, it's been a wonderful experience in general. Mm -hmm. I think being a female filmmaker, especially being a camera operator has been an interesting journey to go on um, because a lot of the times the people who are working underneath me are, ma are male um, or and or are older than me. So in the beginning of set, um, of my set life experience, I got a lot of kind of people not using my name, um, you know, calling me other stuff, Barbie, Blondie, Pretty whatever, hard. you know, things like that. Um, and it was, I, I was very surprised each time when it happened because I know there's kind of a hierarchy on set and like I, there's departments and department heads and that's what I mean by hierarchy. There's people that you work under and take your um, your your kind of feedback from. And yeah. I was surprised how uh, the lack of respect that I got just because I was female. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, once I could kind of show them my stuff and show them that I knew what I was talking about, that that would change. But even just recently, you know, going to, um, I... I shadowed the director of the halftime performance at the Super Bowl, and I was in all the rehearsals um, up until that with, you know, with Rihanna and, you know, all of her team, and it was really amazing, and it was so inspiring to see a young woman my age, which is, you know, I'm talking about Rihanna, take the stage and command the presence and just be such a professional and have tons of people working underneath her, but she was so grounded, so humble, so cool. And, you know, she was such a professional. And, you know, I think just as a woman, you know, who's in kind of a male dominated industry, it was really powerful and impactful for me to see that. Yeah. Um, and found her energy because she's yeah. just so powerful. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's awesome that you had that gig, that you had that opportunity. It's like male driven, like it's the sports like that's you when I think of sports I think of like okay that's a male driven stuff it's only I only see um male camera operators and like in in the control room where they're doing all the live stuff it's all it's all guys and so um that's awesome but I'm glad you had somewhat of a good experience and that another woman in power like was supporting other which is like which we also need that too. Like women can also be, have a, like treat other women just as bad as men can. I mean, I've been in that situation. Like it's, it's pretty bad, but um, it's all, it's always great to see women supporting other women. I, yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. I luckily haven't really had all the women that I've been blessed with to be on set with have been incredibly welcoming um, almost all the women I've had a few you're right I've had a few instances where like I think because there's so few of us um, on set I think sometimes big energies can come into play or scarcity mentality can come into play it's but like competition I, in a way yeah but I just always choose to like I'm the least dramatic person you've ever met 
So I just keep it moving and keep it positive and just do my job to the best of my ability, whether I'm a PA, whether I'm a director, whether whatever that role has been over the years, like I just, I take great pride in doing the job to the best of my ability and asking for help when I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and I think that has been something that, you know, um, it was just what it was at Super Bowl. It was the best because it was me and about two other camera guys uh, who work with Rihanna um, on a kind of, they work with her a lot and have for years. And one of them is a, one of my very good friends named Evan Rogers, who's the best. And yeah, hashtag Evan Rogers. <laughs> Evan Rogers. Yes. We yeah. love you. Um, and media Mecca is uh, his best friend who came on as well, who, and they're both just so gifted and, you know, it was beautiful because the three of us created like a very tight knit unit. And, you know, there were times that like at the performance, we had trouble kind of getting in places because we were the minorities. Um, you know, uh, there was a, most of the filmmakers there were white males holding cameras. And, you know, we were, they, they are black men and I'm a female and, you know, um, it, we struggled a lot of the time to get our gear in, um, to get our passes, <laughs> even though we had the passes to get our passes, um, verified, even though they were scannable with our name on it and part of our social security number. So, and we found that other filmmakers did not have those issues. So, um, it was beautiful. The community that came from that because we supported each other so deeply and we had each other's backs. And when I could get in, I was making sure they could. And when they couldn't, when I couldn't get in and they were making sure I could get in, they took my gear and they, it was just such a beautiful community. And that's what I love the most about being an artist is the collaboration and how, when you're with people who really love what they do, you can ask them questions. You can ask them for support. You can be vulnerable with them about what your experience is. And it was really because we had had those experiences that were difficult um, that we created this incredible bond and got the most incredible footage. Um, and we were up late. I mean, we stayed up late. We every night we did the rehearsals until however long mm. they danced. I can't and imagine. Yeah, wow. it was the best. And we and just it was an amazing performance. <laughs> it was. Yeah, and it really cast. It was. It was, it was awesome. It was beautiful. And I think it was the most technical performance I've ever seen because there were so many different cameras on so many different rafters and, you know, to get all of the shots of the levels too. I mean, there were points. What kind of cameras did they shoot that on? They shoot a lot of it on the, um, they actually use like the cameras that are in the stadium for the game. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, huge cameras and like we were those, operating those big yagamis. i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> yeah we were operating all the rehearsal cameras and they were pretty much all black magic was... oh they were all really like the ursa the pocket which one um i have a black magic pocket most of them were pocket pro 4ks wow. i think a few 6ks but um and then ev had a i think a sony and a canon don't oh me my goodness no oh, alexis no. <laughs> no, Alexas. no, 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 really, no Alexas. This was like run and gun. We would, I would set like one camera up on a rafter. One of the weirdest things on set was that like, and I want to just go on the record and say like rock nation was amazing to work with. Hashtag like, rock nation. Amazing. And so was done and dusted, which is Hamish Hamilton's comp the company that he works for. Like they were Done and Dusted and Rock Nation were amazing to work with. They were so supportive. They were so incredible. Um, some of the other like production companies at the Super Bowl, it, it was, I think, very new for them um, to have such young and female talent kind of up on rafters, six, you know, however many mm -hmm. feet we were in the air. You know, there was a lot of um, kind of, it, the best way I can describe it was, and the way Evan and I talk about it, it was a very full experience. It was one of like the, our career highlights because we're on one of the biggest stages with one of the biggest artists who we just also like love and look up to. And we're, you know, doing this historic show, but then, you know, we can't get our gear in because someone's mm -hmm. like, you know, you don't have the passes and we're like, they're right here, you know? So I think it was just a really 
beautiful, full educational experience of just trusting your gut and being polite, but like doing no harm, but taking no shit being like, no, I am allowed to be in there. I have the right pass. I have the right badge. I'm going to go do my job. I, and although it's very nice that you're asking to help bring my luggage or like bring my camera gear in, I got this, this is my job. And just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I can't lift all these heavy things and set everything up and go up on this rafter. Like I got this. Well, no, I know women who can carry mumbo combos, man. Like two of them. (laughs) Yeah, we got one. (laughs) Melanie, she wrote a whole book on it. Hashtag Melanie. Yes. You wrote about uh, what it's like to be a grip in the, as a female grip in the film industry. Yeah. You'll be on future episode. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I will listen to it because it's just really empowering. And I think mm-hmm. the more we talk about the fact that these are things that come up, uh, you know, with filmmaking in general, I think the the easier it will be for people coming after us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was beautiful because like we literally I think we had like six or seven cameras running at a time between like three people. So oh. we would each man like the two, hop, hopscotch you know? cameras, hopscotch. musical <laughs> Musical cameras. Exactly. Because to shoot all the different angles and rehearsals in California and also you guys have to do like stretches beforehand, like do your your 40 sprints, you know, do your warm-ups. Just kidding. Definitely did. I definitely like lift weights for a reason. There you go. That's what's up. So it's great for me to probably lopsided, you know, because I only wear my shoulder rig for my black magic on one side. Yeah. So it's like I have to really condition myself to carry, you know, a 60 pound, because with all the kind of, we were talking about all the V-mount batteries and all the extra stuff that you put on your camera, it gets heavy. So it's really important to be well-conditioned and, you know, to stand up for yourself, just circling back to that. It's so important to stand up. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, speaking of strong women, um, there is a, a filmmaker that you guys know in common that I didn't know. Um, the DP on the shoot that I met you on day, what was her name? Mara Santos. Yeah, to Charles Santos. It always circles back. I love her. Small world. I, I love oh. it. I love it. Hashtag her. Tell her to come on. I like to chop it up. Yeah. She's cool as fuck. I worked with her. She shoots on film. Um, yeah, she's on everything. She's yeah. Tammy was in the first. So Tammy was my first AC, the first thing I shot out in LA, which was like a kind of a anthology series about um I don't know if you guys ever saw like best in show yes that was the one with uh uh, Bob Odenkirk and what's his name the comedian uh David David what's his name David Uh, Cross David Cross that was funny guys that was a good show it's on HBO exactly right we did a um like a document like a mockumentary style like that but with people in their sex lives so it'd be like, tell me one of your, it's called SOS, Secrets of Sex. And it was like, tell me one of your secrets of your sex life. And then it cuts to this like 40-year-old couple that lives in Silver Lake that's like, no, we don't have any secrets. Like, he knows what I like. And then it cuts them in the bed. <laughs> he has like no idea what she likes, you know? And then it, so you like kind of see this, like, I'm very interested in um, not just sex from like a female empowerment, taking their autonomy face, but also just kind of commute with the ethos that like communication is lubrication and you know the more we talk about it the more we create consent culture so Tammy came on to that shoot and I remember kind of we really wanted an all-female shoot for no other reason other than there was a lot of like compromising scenes where no one was actually having sex but it was a lot of like one woman was had like a ton of toys that she named them all and she like monologued about each toy and yeah that, like uh like you know? legos right and uh exactly. cabbage patch dolls dolls right exactly. yeah it's great exactly. toys exactly so it's like we had when tammy came onto that set i remember talking to her about it and she was so kind and so open and so supportive and to watch her journey as well you know at the time i was it was like you know, one of the first things I had directed in Los Angeles after moving out here and I was a little nervous and she was, you know, my assistant camera and she was amazing and just so helpful. And now she's this amazing DP and has worked her way up. And mm-hmm. it's just beautiful to see the trajectory of everyone in this industry, you know? Yeah. It's it's so fun to see your friends kill it 
and yeah, to and come up. It's like it's they the did it. Hopefully, one day. <laughs> yeah, best. It's the best. How how did you meet her, Charles? Curious. Uh, in 2017, I directed a small short called Doping, The Old Vibrations. Uh, funny short. See it, charlescartwright.com. It's on that website. But uh, she was the uh, production designer for it. Um, her and her, I think her um, boyfriend, they were the, uh, they did, they put up with me <laughs> in production design. No, it was great. It was fun. That was probably one of the funnest days of my life uh, directing that. And then um, I didn't know she was, she told me she was in camera um, and uh, kind of ran into her a few times, but uh, she Amazing. wants to, yeah, she's it's a small world. Talk about Ari. She's got, she's got her own now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need to be a cinematographer. Yeah. It was Your beautiful. own camera. The Ari. set that um, Hootie and I were on with her, she was having, she had this incredible backpack yeah gimbal situation that was it the take it easy rig yep yeah but because she's but even that you know she shared that she had they only make them for men so a lot of them she had to right she had to get like a special one pre-ordered for a female frame because they only make ones that were big enough for men. Yep. And good. it's really, it's been really interesting to kind of start to have more of these conversations because like, you know, even when I went and I did a cinematography course at UCLA at the like summer extension, like one of these like three month courses, mm-hmm. and they only taught us how to light white, like how to light light skin. And I was like, uh, hello, <laughs> like, most of my subjects don't look like me. Like I need most of the people that I'm like fascinated about telling stories with and about are like, I need to know how to like light of, you know, people that aren't just white. So it was just really, it's interesting to kind of, when you start to be in this industry for longer amounts of time and you start to realize like, oh, this is really stuff that we need to talk about and we need to hash out and make better and be the change that we want to see because it's not going to get better if we don't talk about it and make changes on our own sets yeah I that reminded me of so I did I one of my good friends he's a pro sound guy he's awesome I went to school with him and this was years ago way before the pandemic I was he was going on vacation but he needed me to like day play for him for one time and it was like using his like professional sound gear whatever he didn't have a cart back then but it was still like with the backpack and the I had to boom and mix at the same time like always um they need to hire a three three person sound team but anyway it was just me and it was my first time using his gear and like putting on the backpack and I remember I the first time I put it on because he's he's like two feet taller than me a he's a guy so he's built differently but I was thinking, I'm like, this is just not supporting me at all. Like, it's very heavy. My back hurts so bad. And I was thinking, these are not meant for women bodies at all. No matter how much I tighten it, no matter. I'm like, does the same go for like the easy rigs? Probably. And I was like, yeah. these need to change like yesterday. Like, what is going on with that? It's not fair. That's <laughs> very very bizarre a lot of them too like don't take into a fact that like women have like a different chest area so it's like I remember one that like a rig that I wore once that it like had there was just no way like it didn't go out far enough to accommodate my chest and I was like what is going on like this is (laughs) you know it it just it, it it's it's such a wild ride when you kind of start this uh, journey in in the in filmmaking because I think we all got into it for different reasons and to tell different stories and then along the way we all kind of do everything and anything to be on set and and work our way up and get our skill sets and get experience and on the way you know in all these jobs you realize you're like wow okay hmm that was something I never expected to have to like deal with was just not even being like having cameras 
like equipment be biased to my gender yeah. you know it's like Don't I never states for like left-handed people right-handed why can't they make mm. like rigs for different body types like, let them know email easy rig for real or you know um you know maybe there's a company that does i wonder i i want to genuinely look it up to have like that's a, email that's a good point. built like because we're our bodies are different yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of female cinematographers that only shoot handheld. Reed Marino, yeah, Rachel Morrison. You know, and they hold the big old cameras. Like a, huh? a cinematographer has never there's never been a female cinematographer who's won the Oscars. You know, and it's not a gender specific. Mandy, Wa- Mandy Rick, Mandy Walker almost did this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's her nuts? Uh, Rachel Morrison for Black Panther. And I forgot the third one, mm-hmm. but they're coming up. Uh, no, coming there's, up. A of, there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah w- women uh, cinematographers that I still follow. Reed Marino, yeah. she's she's directing. Amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, camera work was been it was an interesting one uh, to kind of get into because I always love I always knew I wanted to be a director and I wanted to direct, but you know I wasn't. I had kind of a identity based habit that said like that I would tell myself uh, growing up that I wasn't good at technology. Like that was just something I told myself that is so unhelpful (laughs) because I was like, oh, I'm just not good at technology. I'm not good. And then, you know, I kind of entered into my 20s and I wanted to do more camera work. And it was really like I held myself back a lot because of that, like identity you know based kind of uh habit that like I didn't think that I was good enough to camera camera you know to be a camera operator Mm -hmm. and then I just kind of had to do it for a few projects that were my projects that I hired a DP but then we needed a B unit and I was like well if I have to do it I'll do it and then over time I just got more and more confident and then I just loved it and like now I was telling Hootie before this started like I use my camera every day, just even shooting the neighborhood. Like, no shit. Look at yeah, you. I'm, I'm doing a series now where kind of like humans of New York. I love humans of New York. It's like one of my favorite social anthropological like studies that we have. I just think it's so beautiful. And it started in New York and I just love hearing people's stories. So I started a similar thing that actually is just about like people's dreams. I'd love to have you guys on it and do, you know, but it's basically just like people's dreams and like what they're moving through, what they're calling in, what they're experiencing, how they want the world to see them. And then I just shoot them in their, in their space, in their home, at work, wherever they want, wherever they feel the most identified with. And then they, you know, there's voiceover that plays over the top, but it was really fun. It's been really fun to just, shoot something every day because as you said Hootie like right now the wor- work is like <laughs> but then, you know, everywhere. Yeah. yeah definitely and it's just to always have something that's why I loved writing early on was because I could do it every day yeah you know I could show up and sit in front of my computer and open my final draft and just start going <laughs> yeah and now that I have a camera and now that I've like been given opportunities to camera operate on like bigger scales, I feel confident to camera operate and to keep doing yeah. it. So it's, yeah. it's really fun. That's cool. That's I, yeah. Is a human, what was it called? Human nature? What was it called? Oh, it's called um, Humans of New York. I actually have a book about it. No <laughs> shit. Is yeah, it wait, you wrote it? No, it- no, 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 not, I don't have a book about it that I wrote. I just have a book that like, oh, I use. Oh. That's cool. Cool. It's so funny. It's right by, I didn't even plan on, but it's what I love about it is you have like all of these people and they take, I don't know if you guys, are you familiar with the photo series, Humans of mm-hmm. New York? No, but now I mean, being a photographer, I'm like, oh my God, those are- You're going to love it, Booty, because wow. you love Oh my goodness. Look at it him. Has, it People has who are like, listening, look, get this book. It's worth it. Yeah, it has. Um, this one's by Brandon Stanton, but there's um, there's tons of, um, it's just really, it started as like capturing New Yorkers and their remarkable stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be a story that someone wouldn't maybe tell 
just anyone, you know, and they, the way that this photographer would build trust and um, it just was really, it always was really inspiring to me, the stories that they were able to be privileged enough to hear. Um, I, I've always wanted to film something like that. And I had an idea years ago, but I have like a close group of writer friends that we like try and meet every month and like encourage us to write and our, finish our stuff and stuff like that. And it was, I don't know if you guys have seen those short films of like, I love New York or Paris, Je t'aime, or like, I love Brazil, those kinds of stories. I wanted to make one about LA. Like, uh, I want like a bunch of filmmakers, directors, writers to write short films about what they what they feel about Los Angeles. Um, and I've always, it would be like an anthology series. I've always wanted to do that. And no one has taken me on. <laughs> who have you asked? What? Who, who did you ask? My writer's team. Oh, no way. Yeah. Call them out on their ship. I thought you were writers. So. I know, right? We got to work on the series, it. guys. Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. You should definitely do that. I feel like because LA brings so many different kind of dreamers here, you know, and everyone comes to LA with a different goal. And yeah. then LA kind of has its way with you. And you, you know, and if you guys are like, has me, its way with you, you know, you find yourself on a different track than you ever thought you'd be before, you know, and it's, it's beautiful. It's just a, the journeys here are so interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. right now, I'm I'm writing a um, feature film with a professional wrestler. And if you told uh, me wow. that I like would a be, WWE or an actual like you know Olympic like wrestling. a like a WWE wrestler. Oh, okay, dope. And if like if you had told me you know a decade ago that I would be make what you know at at a time where I was only making only writing for female voices and only writing from my own experience if you had told me that I would be like fast forward a decade later writing you know the most macho man story with like a male WWE wrestler that's like I that's a world that I know nothing about I would have told you like it's not gonna happen you know but it's it's so fun how creativity takes you to places where you just never thought you'd go. Yeah. So I love the idea of why people would move to LA and why people would, what, how their love stories to LA. Cause I think the city is, is magical. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Really cool. It's fun. Writing is still like the place where I feel the most um, comfortable. Yeah. Because I think now, say that again, honey. You're 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 in like control of what you put on the paper. Yeah, and I think when you write long enough, like now when I watch TV, I'm or or films, I'm always like breaking it down. <laughs> you know, I'm always like, okay, oh. you know, like just it, from a curiosity. From Are a you watch, do you watch? Do you ruin movies for people? They're like, Jesus Christ! Are you one of those camera people? I hope not. I'm just kidding. Do I do I um do I what with people? Uh, ruin the movies for people like oh my god. Da, da, da. Sometimes yeah. that comes out whenever, but I'm usually lost in it. And if it's like inconsistent lighting, I'm like they jumped the key, those sons of bitches. But some camera people, they'll be like, oh, they put a like black promise in front of it, and they'll like call out and while the latest, I'm like, stop it. Let me watch the Fourth of July. I want to see Tom Cruise, you know, in Let the wheelchair. Yeah. Damn it! No, I mentioned Tom Cruise. I definitely, I definitely don't do it from like a technical perspective, but from a story perspective, almost always I have opinions. That's a, that's a good one. That's good to have because it's more of the story than technical bullshit. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I love getting lost in a film, but for me, if the story doesn't like come back round or, you know, like some, some of my favorite films are like the usual suspects or a Bronx tale. So good. You know, like, yeah. So when you really see, and you know, and the movies that I, in my opinion, they get better when you watch them more and more because you're like, oh, I missed that the first time. Mm. So I, I'm never getting too lost there. My sister is really, really has such a great eagle eye um, on like, if the glasses were here, here, you know, at different uh -huh. takes. I, she, she's she really good hard. details. She should be, she'll be a good production designer. I'm just kidding. You know, how can I use you? Oh, is that what she does? She is our production designer. Oh, she's dope. Our pets and stuff. 
Uh-huh. So it's like, she's great at that. And I'm so grateful that she has that eye because, you know, when I'm in it with like an actor, I'm like, so on their wavelength and just wanting to like, you know, understand where their head's at and get them into the character more and, you know, be of service to them that like, I don't notice if their shirt has a stain on it that didn't from the take before, or if their glasses are off, like I'm pretty bad with that stuff. So it's mm. great to have second set of eyes you you thought you reminded me of a really good story of this director lisa france lisa france we're going to get her on the podcast she's great she directs all these lifetime movies i love watching her direct but i stole this technique from her every once in a while she look at the action she's like okay ready you ready and she's like what the hell is that on your shoulder what's on your shoulder get that off your shoulder and it's like break the person he's like never mind i continue and she'd like throw random shit like that in front of him. i'm like oh my god that's the best of a i don't know it just reminded me is it like, like like misdirection in a it way? It was it was it is yeah she has she worked with like Spike Lee and oh, she wow. like she had a lot of set stories. She said she wants to be on, but uh yeah, I was like I love like little things like that. I don't know. Directing's fun. Playable directing. That's where I'm getting at. Totally. Uh, totally. And when you allow thing. like the the actor to be to improv, and it sounds like that's what she was doing. She was like wanting them to have like a real spontaneous experience on. Yeah. Them. And we love those experiences. Like Authentic. when we watch them, you know, and they're real, you just go, oh, yeah. so good, you know? They put less emphasis on the bloody script. What's the word? It's like, yeah. let it come out. How would, it, how would you say this scene? You know, sorry, directing. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. I'm not, I'm never precious with anything I write. Like, I always think that something's, you know, and I direct stuff that I, I don't write and I, you know, oh, write. Oh, snap, stuff. son. Look at you. But like, for me, it's anything that if I'm right, if I've written it and I'm directing it, I'm not ever precious with what they say. Because anything that it's my belief that anything that an actor says that's real and in the moment and is motivated by the present information of that moment in the scene will be better than what I could have written. As mm-hmm. long as it doesn't make it too far off the story, we can kind of still come back around. I think it's so useful to let actors do their magic. Yeah. And that's why he hired them. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> like, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yeah, I've been on sets where the director isn't really directing at all, and that it hurts. <laughs> and I'm just sound, so I can't. I have no position to say anything to them. But yeah, it's when it's like, oh damn it, I wish I was directing, but I just stay quiet. <laughs> It's, you know, that made me think of um, the the coolest, one of the, one of the coolest set experiences I've ever had is um, shadowing, uh, we're kind of being on set and um, the writer of the Magic Mike series is a guy named Reed Carolyn, who's amazing. And I was shadowing him for a day on the last Magic Mike set of the, I forget what it's called. Um, the the final dance I think was the last and it was so cool to see Soderbergh like do his magic on set because he was camera opping this incredibly intricate dance sequence that like Chan and this amazing dancer were doing and he was and he would they were it was rain and they were sliding around the stage and doing all of these incredibly athletic movements and he was there with like a poncho over him and protecting the camera sliding on you know getting all of these incredible shots and doing all of it and that was that was one of the cooler experiences ever is seeing and it was the same with Hamish. Like Hamish is Hamish Hamilton is such an incredible director. When you see like the greats do their magic, it's unreal. And Hamish was incredible. He would literally tweak in real time when we were doing Super Bowl. He would tweak, you know, be like, okay, we need that camera to be here. And he's, you know, they have like 35 cameras. And his assistant director, who is a female, Hamish employs hey. a lot of females. A lot hey. of females really he's amazing and um it was actually hamish's uh camera like team that you know i was the camera offing for the rehearsal stuff but his actual team on the day was one of the most diverse camera rooms i've ever been in it was like 
Nice. You know, every age, every color, every culture. It was like men, women. It was so cool and yeah. so powerful and incredible. And when he was playing them the video that we had shot and all the rehearsal stuff, he was the shorthand that he had with these people because he had worked with them for so long. It was like, okay, and then this, we want to pop out more. And then this, we want to. And it was incredible to see how we went from the rehearsal to the the final, you know, thing that you saw on the main stage through right. just incredible camera people who he trusted to do exactly what he knows they're capable of. And it was, it was, it was like symphony because yeah. there were so many different cameras and his assistant director is incredible. And she would count, she was like counting on the beat. So she would count like the, the name of the shot. So it'd be like, if it was shot one, she'd be like one, one. And then she'd cue the next camera and the camera number. So then it would be like camera 33 and then it'd be like 33, 33. And then she'd cue the next shot and with this camera number. And she did it all beat to Rihanna music. It was the most crazy. Incredible. She better have my camera shot ready. Hey, whoa. That's woo. really awesome. It was really that's, that's dope. That's how that works. Wow. Yeah. Not like work. And that's why I love like, when I'm first AD on a set, if I have the opportunity to be first AD, I just have that like, you know, all the prep work that you do, it's so difficult, all that scheduling, whatever, and you're just on set, you're seeing your people work. And you're, you, I feel like a proud mom, you know, <laughs> like, we're on schedule, we're doing fine. People are right. approaching me, you know, I try and be very, important. you guys know me, I'm super nice and stuff. I have no ego or anything like that. And I'm just like, everyone's, no one's fighting yet. No one's like getting hurt. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's such a good feeling, but it also takes a lot of hard work to get there. It's a lot of hard work and live performance is like a whole other kettle of fish because it's, you know, you, you don't have the second take. <laughs> only one take, you know, and it was, uh, there's only one take, but it's, it's so cool and so rewarding and Hamish is like such a master at it. Um, it was really cool to see how, cause I was wondering, I was like, how did, how are they going to do this with this many cameras? And that was, um, they told me that was a very British thing. That was how like they run it in a lot of like British programs was that way, which is Yeah, really I was cool. going to ask like, how many cameras does the Super Bowl usually film with? Well, it all depends on the performance as well, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, that would be a great question for Hamish. <laughs> but I know there was like, I, I believe there was at least 30 wow. cameras. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know if all that's of them. That's it? 30? <laughs> I don't know if all of them were in play, but I know that there was cameras that were operated by, uh, on timers that were hanging kind of from the rafters because Re was up really high. And that first shot that kind of zoomed into her, and then, you know, kind of zoomed out was showed the whole set of all of the different platforms. So I know that that camera was on, you know, a timer kind of swinging from the, the ceiling. So there's a lot of cameras that were not being operated by people, but were on timers. But I know that there was a, at least 20 camera people. Um, wow. And I think there were 10 other cameras that were being operated by timers. Holy snipes. Talk but I did on different things because I know when they did the weekend, um, that was such a, uh, that was more of an intensive set because there were so many people that he had, you know, kind of playing him. So I think each each uh, performance is different. Yeah. The, and the nature that it's live adds like a level of like intensity and precision to the whole production. That was like an incredible uh, thing. Oh, yeah. One shot, one shot. Like everyone say, you only get one shot. One shot. Oh, man. I, I keep this crap. Bitch, well, better have my money. <laughs> hey, hey, no. None of us knew she was pregnant either. I mean, that was holy nice. snikes. Wow. Yeah. None of what us are, knew. I love Rihanna. I want to. I want to fight Chris. I'll say it. I want to fight the one that hit her. I want to fight. I'm like, if there's any celebrity, I would just. I don't even care if he plays dirty. I'm like, how dare you? Sorry, I like her. No. No, she's she's honestly the best, and you would never know that she was 
A, just had a baby and B, pregnant because mm. her work ethic was unreal. She was so kind to everyone. That's good. And like she, her team was so cool. Like, wow. you know, they were so, so, so kind. Everyone on her team, you know, and it's like her best friend and, you know, all of her people have been with her for a really long time. And, you know, I, it just, it's very cool. It's very nice. cool. I, one of her, um, her like assistant who was there and she used to be like her cleaner turned assistant. And then her assistant, her old assistant is now running like. Oh, so she promotes people. She she promotes people and she she sees the value of people at their current job, which I think is so Mm. beautiful and so rare. And, you know, she just, I can't say enough positive things about her. She was great. And really, uh, it was really life-changing to be around her energy and there's been a lot of people in LA and on sets that I've worked with, but yeah. I'm sorry, such an effect like that on me because we're the, we're the same age and she is so poised, so powerful, so present and so down to earth and grounded. And it was like, it really blew me away how kind she was, how respectful she was, how focused she was, how on her grind she was. It was incredibly inspiring. And I was like, and I didn't even know she was pregnant. So I'm like, you know what? If she can get up on this rafter and do this again, I'm, you know, I don't care what time it is. Like my ass is getting on this rafter and I'm going to go up and stand here and hold this camera and like give it everything I've got. So to know, you know, after the fact, I found out with the world that she was pregnant and we were like, wow, wow. you were That's doing cool. all that. And you had, were, had a baby, like unreal. So she's gonna be on the show next week, everybody. Yes. Stay tuned. Oh, yes. Yes. Gonna be on Let's just manifest that her, her set life. I mean, uh-huh. she's on set. That's so I cool. shot at her. I filmed at her studio. Actually, a set stories mug was left at her studio. I I was shooting this model really? thing. Are you serious? Yeah. With was it uh, the juice or the other? It one? was the grip juice. I love it. I left it at her. She had a nice studio, but I was shooting with an, uh, one of my other uh, female cinematographers, Sophie uh, Bruza. She's great. So funny. She'll come on. But she it was a nice gig. You would shoot models and it was easy, you know, and then all the footage looked good. And it was at Rihanna's studio. Was that in L.A.? It's a, it was in, I think, like Anaheim-ish. Oh, yeah. Uh, around there. Have you been there? I haven't. No. Oh, okay. I know she has a few, um, but I haven't been, no. The one that we went to, we were at a studio space in Santa Clara, Santa Clarita, Santa Clara. Um, Santa Clarita. Yeah. Wow. So it was that, I thought maybe it was that one. But it was cool because when I rolled up to the space the first day, I like, you know, it was so nerdy. It felt like the first day of school. I had like my camera, my black magic all built you know, in the front seat, like, you know, cause I always feel you're ready camera. to go just I, in case you see a shot. Yeah. I you, do know. That too. you know, I just wanted to like be ready and be ready to go. So I like put my camera and literally put the seatbelt on it, you know, hey, <laughs> like a baby, you know, I totally do that too. I swear. Right? I just love, I just love, I love feeling ready. There's nothing worse than not feeling ready. And I like feeling ready to go. And if they need me to build other cameras, I don't want to waste the time building my own. So I built, I always build my camera before set if I can. And, um, you know, put, even the Super Bowl, I would build it and walk it over because we were, we were really close to the State Farm Stadium. So I would just build it and walk it over on my shoulder with my little, you know, Nanook like rolling case. But um, it was cool because there was where we were at this studio space, there was a ton of different studios around. And I, it was kind of tricky to figure out which one was the right studio. And there were a ton of people going into each of the studios. So I thought, okay, which one looks the most like Rihanna's people at the Super Bowl? And there was like a bunch of like white guys who were like in their 60s going into one. I was like, that's not it. (laughs) There was like a bunch of like young girls, like, you know, and I was like, that's not it either. And then there were literally, and then I like turned and there were two other studios and I just knew it was this studio because every single one of her dancers, cause she had so many dancers. It was like, each one of them looks like the coolest person. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I look I'm, like, like, I'm like talking like pink hair and like cool back tattoos. Yeah. 
like the coolest outfits. I was like, that has to be where, <laughs> you know, and I'm dressed like super professionally in all black, my hair back in a braid, my gla- like glasses on, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, blend in you know as the camera person and all these like cool ass people were walking in and I was like that's got to be where I'm supposed to go it's got to be so that's really cool that's this really porridge cool. is too hot this porridge is too cold this porridge is just right. right it was cool uh, that was the only thing like I I feel like the dancers because I, I loved their costumes um on this the day of but they were so like I've just never seen dancers like this. Like they her- held those poses for so long, upside down. <laughs> Woo! I saw the details. She pounded her uh, bass player. She gave him like a fist pump. Yeah, I was like, hey, that was in Arizona. You went to Arizona. I I'm from yeah. Arizona. I forgot. I Arizona. Yeah, I, I know that stadium. I remember when that first opened. It was just desert around it. Nothing but desert. And the uh, Glendale Arena, which where they played high hockey, and I worked. Oh there. yeah, I think it's called the Desert Diamond Arena now. Yeah, they changed it. Yeah, um, well, that was our rehearsal space. That uh-huh. was like uh, Apple Music space that we rehearsed in every night, and it was wild because it was kind of shaped like a hockey rink. <laughs> you yeah. know? We had this big stage that was, you know, built that uh, was about I think half the stage length because. The football stadium was so huge, but um, the dancers made do and they, they were incredible. And it was incredible to see too, how like, you know, there would be a note that, you know, Hamish would give them like, oh, you've got to do the dance. Like the camera needs to get to this corner. So you've got to like shift all of these dancers over. Oh you know, my God. Something and, or, you know, you've got to shift. And, and Hamish was great with his direction. It was super clear. And Paris, who is her choreographer, who's incredible, definitely check her out online. Um, Paris literally would uh, like be able to shift it in like so quickly. She'd be like, okay, everyone. And she was in charge of so many dancers, so many, so many minutes. Cause Rihanna made history. She's the first person to ever headline Super Bowl without bringing anyone else on. Yeah. No shit. Wait, wait. Oh, you're right. Wait, what about Katy Perry? Uh, Katy Perry didn't need anyone, did she? Katy Perry, no. Missy Elliott. Oh, she had Missy Elliott. Damn it, you're Elliot, right. Missy Elliott, in my opinion, saved that controversial or not, but Missy uh, Elliott like swooped in, and that was at the same arena. Actually, it was cool to kind of go down because there's this huge, um, almost looks like a like a mini football stadium next to the stadium, like an outdoor, and that was where. Katy Perry did her like big thing on a lion. If you guys remember. Yeah, her. I do remember that. We rewatched it. wasn't even like, in the arena. She was that was insane in the membrane. Whoa, was she smoking? Please. That was dope. I'm not going to yeah. lie, but nigga, please. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Awesome. Charles, I love this vibe. Like, no, right? I'm always. Hey, <laughs> it's my day bad. off. Filling hey, on a beanbag, talking about set life. This is like my that's, idea. That's the thing. If we throw out the studio, that's what we'll be doing. Just chilling. Yeah. 100%. So comfortable. So you guys balance each other so well. <laughs> Her glass of water. And, you know, you know, and she's sitting upright in her chair, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, with his beer. It's perfect. It was, it's yin yang. It's perfect. Uh, we work hard. We chill even harder. Yeah. That's that Cali life, and I'm yeah. here for it. I yeah. love it. Awesome. Well, I hate to say these words, but that's a wrap on today's episode. Woo. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, Thank you for having me, guys. This was so much fun. I had the best time. For awesome. real. So, yeah, how can people find you? Do you have social media? Do you have a website? Anything that, like, people yeah. can your beautiful work on? Yeah, I actually just, um, I'm going to use like a different um, handle for my social media. It's just going to be at day the director. Um, but my, my uh, website is lightfactoryproductions.com. That's where you can kind of see all my work and get the background of my sister and I and what we're, what we're cooking up and what we're writing and stuff. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on. Really Thank good. you for having me. You guys are magical. Oh. I had the best time.
Thanks. Oh, I, I learned so much from you. Oh my God. And I'm like, I want to right now, I want to finish my feature. Yes. Finish Do it. it. Do it. <laughs> Do, it. Do it. You got this. Do and it. call me if you need any, if, if I can support in any way. I'm here. Yeah. And ditto, ditto for you. And you too, Charles. You too. Well, yeah. he's too chilling <laughs> i'm thinking about the future no i'm just kidding you it's been good we've been blessed we gotta yeah. shoot more i envy you for shooting so much that's what's up i know keep it up Thank really. you. You have, charles has a film camera that he you still have you still have them right oh yeah yeah i still i still of course i can't get rid of them yeah don't don't ever get rid of it that's awesome that was my i've never actually shot on film but it's my dream too one day if you want to hey you can use my cameras whatever they're they're here for you 16 mil i might take you up on that and i'd love i'll reach out to you guys after to get your details and stuff because i would love to connect with both of you and find something to work on together for sure anything you see how we can collaborate and you know get in the mix yeah well thank you guys for listening Thank don't, you. don't forget setstories.com. You could buy our merch there if you want to support us. Leave mm-hmm. a rating, leave a review. We love you guys. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love you. Stay kind. Be kind and to people. Kind to everyone. <laughs> uh, All we colors. Love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Adios.